Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. Marissa Peer is regarded as one of the world's experts in personal development and psychology. Named Britain's best therapist by Men's Health magazine and listed in Tatler's Guide to Britain's 250 Best Doctors, Marissa Peer is an agent for rapid change and a force of nature. Marissa has spent over three decades treating a client list that includes international superstars, CEOs, royalty, models, and Olympic athletes. Her engaging talks are peppered with anecdotes from an unparalleled career in which she has helped thousands of people to overcome profound personal issues, including addictions, trauma, and self-limiting beliefs. Training early in her career as a child psychologist, Marissa later earned further qualifications from the Hypnosis Training Institute of Los Angeles and the Pritikin Longevity Center. In 2015, Marissa Peer founded Rapid Transformational Therapy, an award-winning training method that she developed that is a solution-oriented, fast, and highly effective method. I have read Marissa's books, attended her live seminars, taken her online course, and today I am delighted to host Marissa Peer on the Ageless by Rescue podcast. In this episode, Marissa shares her fundamental rule that all our emotional and personal problems come from us believing that we are not enough. And she explains how to overcome this at any age. Marissa has authored six best-selling books, including You Can Be Younger, a manual on reversing aging using her techniques and the power of the mind. She shares some of these brilliant exercises in this episode, and we also talk about her latest book, Tell Yourself a Better Lie, which teaches us how to rewire our brain from childhood trauma and stories for success and emotional wellness now. This episode is so special to me and one that I know will profoundly impact your ageless journey. Please welcome to the Ageless by Rescue podcast, the amazing Marissa Peer. I'm so delighted to introduce you to a personal hero in my transformation journey, the incomparable Marissa Peer. Welcome to Ageless by Rescue podcast. Well, thanks for inviting me. It's lovely to be here. Marissa, I've been following your work for a number of years, as I've told my audience before, and um, I see you as my secret weapon, and your voice is always in my head, and I've become the word police in my friendship group because whenever I hear people saying things that I think is harming their quest for vitality, longevity, I stop them because I always think of you that your body is always listening. Always. Can you tell us about the mind-body connection? And then I'm going to ask you for some of your incredible advice and research uh, around this important link. Yeah, so the mind-body connection, you know, people think they're separate. We have a mind and a body. But we have a mind inside of a body and every cell has its own microbiome. But it's the gut. It's totally collected connected to your thinking often when you're very stressed you're constipated when you're very anxious you may get diarrhea when you're embarrassed you will blush if you think of something very sad your eyes will fill up with tears think of something embarrassing your face goes bright red think of being hungry and your tummy will rumble and here's one we know a lot think about being aroused or something sexual and you can physically especially if you're a guy get totally aroused to nothing more than a thought or some dots on a piece of paper So these little simple everyday things tell us something. Oh, thoughts become things. Every thought we think has a physical reaction and an emotional response. But even more than that, our body makes our thoughts real. In fact, it's its job. So every thought you think is become a blueprint that your mind, body, and psyche work to make real. You may think you're thinking a random thought like, oh my God, I'd lose my mind if it wasn't in my head. Or if I look at a cake, I gain a pound. But when you think those thoughts over and over again, your body starts to work to make them real because that's its job. The strongest force in humans, I only wish we all knew this, was that 
we must act in a way that matches how we have chosen to define ourselves. And if you don't like what's happening, you need to go back and have a look at how you are defining you. Everything I touch turns to rubbish. Every person I meet ghosts me. I, I can't make a relationship work. I've got my seasonal hay fever. I always get headaches when my mother-in-law comes for dinner. We've got to really look at what we're telling our body. What are we making a blueprint? Because when you understand that, you think, oh, well, I can change it. Certainly my mother drives me crazy. My mother's a bit challenging, but hey, I've got great coping skills. My dad is very difficult. He's always been that way, but I'm not difficult and I can deal with him. I'm only going to see him for six hours. It's Tomorrow I'll be back in my own home. So we have to start understanding our words form our reality. And when we do something as simple as changing our words, it actually changes the reality that we have formed without knowing it. One of the techniques that you use, which I I love, and I think everyone particularly appreciates, is rapid transformational therapy. And um, your work is centered around hypnotherapy, but you've created your own system. Mm -hmm. And the thing that is obviously very attractive is that many people go to therapy, many people go on Mm -hmm. programs, but it can take a really, really long time. And what I've learned by applying some of the techniques that I've learned from you through the courses that you've run by attending your workshops, by listening to your YouTube channel, is that literally a massive shift in your thinking and in the way that you interact with the world can occur with as little as one session. Can you explain to us uh, the difference between your technique and others and how we can incorporate the rapid transformational therapy? Sure. So therapy is effective to the effect that it changes your neural circuits. What is a neural circuit? Well, it's like if you think a thought, you start to make a pathway. So imagine if I do that with my finger every day over and over again, I make a little tiny thread, but eventually that little thread becomes a little rope and then it becomes a massive cable because my behavior has affected the neural pathways in my mind. If you now take my hand together so I can't do that anymore, the cable goes back to a rope, goes back to a thread and disappears. So we have neural pathways. They are a bit like paths. A well-worn path has kind of a groove in it, but if you stop walking on that path, brambles grow over it and you can't find it anymore. So therapy should be changing these neural pathways, these neural highways. And that's what neuroplasticity means. My thoughts affect how I'm working, coping, functioning. And therapy is like, we'll bring me your pain and we'll discuss it a lot and eventually you'll get better. But it's a very odd promise because... In any other form of healing, turn up at the emergency room, turn up at the dentist, turn up at the chiropractor, oh my God, my tooth's falling out, my back's killing me. I think I've broken my arm. They don't go, well, we're going to have a lot of conversations. We're going to build up trust and then I will fix you. And I do get the trust bit that I'm going to trust my therapist and then I can tell them everything. If your therapist is good, like the ER doctor, you should trust them straight away to tell them everything. Why wait? I wouldn't go to the emergency room going, hey, I've broken my arm. Can I see your credentials? Can I see your references? I, I think, hey, you're working in this hospital. You've got on a white coat. You seem very nice. I'm in agony. I'm just going to trust you to make me better. And I've always thought in therapy, it should be the same because most therapists, there's always been, there'll always be an exception, but most of them go into it with a good high, going to help people. I want to make a difference. And so I don't really think it helps people to wait years to get the trust to feel better. If you're in pain, physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain, you don't have years or even months. People want to feel better now. So I created rapid transformational therapy to be kind of be the emergency room of therapy. Turn up with your pain and I will do my very best to fix it or at least begin to fix it right now because that's what clients want. But actually, it isn't just what clients want. Therapists want to be want to make a difference too. When people say, hey, I've been coming here for five years I'm still terrified of mice or people or airplanes or cars. I'm not sure that's great for the therapist. It must be very disheartening when people say, well, I'm still the same. Here I am. 
And so I wanted to give some somebody something better, really. That you was did fun. Ask, sorry to interrupt you. You okay. the first time I came across your work was actually through a book, and I've got the oldest, most well worn copy of your book. It's the first book I ever wrote. I love it. It's called Forever Young. I, I'm pretty sure I bought it when I was in my early 30s. And it's yeah. and it's called How to Look and Feel 10 Years Younger in 10 Days. Yeah. And what I loved about the title and what attracted me, even though I, I probably wasn't thinking about rejuvenation and longevity in the same way that I am now, mm-hmm. is the promise of look mm. And feel because I think those two things are really important yeah. when you're talking about longevity. And the third thing was in 10 days. So yeah. it seemed a fantastic blueprint that was not going to take forever to get to my goal. Yeah. And a lot of the work that you you've mentioned in, in the book and in your subsequent books uh is very methodical and and very practical. So in the in the space of rejuvenation and anti-aging, I've heard you I actually listened to a recent podcast with Lewis House where you were talking about this yeah. subject as well. Um what as let's talk about how you can look younger using the power of your mind and rapid transformational therapy. And then let's talk about how you can feel younger. So we'll talk about the youth markers that make you feel and look younger and yeah. how you can control it. Okay. So, you know, if you travel all over the world, you'll see people who age differently. When you go to Japan, women seem to age very differently to how they age in the West. When you go to places you'll see different. When I've been to a lot of the blue zones, for instance, in Sardinia and in parts of Russia, where people age incredibly well, they routinely live into their hundreds, but they're very active. They walk around, they do their own cooking, they still have sex. And people who age well leave clues. And one of the things that people who age well do is they see aging as a benefit. You know, certain cultures don't say aging, they say saging. In China, they say you're nothing until you're 70. You haven't lived long enough to have an opinion that means anything. So you said so, saging. I love that. Yeah, I said that. I'm not aging, I'm saging. I said, don't you mind about getting old? I'm like, mind? Compared to the alternative, I feel absolutely blessed to be getting old. But somebody said to me recently, hey, what's it like to be a senior? I said, I, I haven't got a clue. I wouldn't even know what that meant. And I would never put myself in those terms. I always think I'm young. I paddleboard every day. I'm very active and fit. And I think that's important because aging is an expectation that you turn into. If you have parents who go at my age and my time of life, and it's all downhill now. And yeah, I can't do that because of my age, you age very differently. If your mother was Goldie Horn or Jane Fonda, you'd be aging very differently because you'd have a different perspective of what aging is it's an expectation we become and what people do is not say I've forgotten it's my age you see I forgot my coat uh, I'm so tired today because I'm my age I need more sleep and what we forget is if you go to any children's school at the end of the day you'll see in the cloakroom lunch bags coats PE kits that they've forgotten what a good point of, but not because of their age if my little girl hadn't had enough sleep, she was very cranky, but not because of her age. And so we start to tag everything. My age, my knees hurt, my age. I forgot my age. I'm tired, my age. When your knees may hurt because you've done aerobics badly, you're tired, you didn't have enough sleep. You sat up on your computer with too much blue light. And maybe you forgot because you forgot. But once you start to link it to your aging, you're making an expectation. Here's one of the rules of your mind. What is expected tends to be realized. I get my sinus headaches every winter when the heating comes on. I look at a cake, I get fat. I'm allergic to cheese. Just the sight of it brings me out in hives. And I've had many clients come into my office, one who told me she was so allergic to cats. And I said, I have a cat. She said, you can't have a cat. I said, it's actually in the room. It's under the table. She said, I can't believe it. I'm allergic to a picture of a cat. I said, but that can't be. You can't be allergic to a photograph. But she believed she was intensely allergic to cats and would break out at the thought of a cat. And when we worked later, she said, my dad was allergic to cats. I always wanted to be like my dad. 
And I thought that was amazing because not long before that, I met a guy who I was talking to. He said, I'm, I'm allergic to everything, apples, avocados, ruining my life. But then he told me a story that when he was eight, he didn't see his father very often. The father came to visit, took him out for lunch and was saying, wind up the window because I'm allergic to pollen and trees at the restaurant. I, I can't eat that. And this little kid was thinking, I want to be like my dad. I want to be like my dad. And as they finished the meal, he got an allergic reaction to an apple. Because he, what did he say? I want to be like my dad. And we have to understand that your mind is the genie. And when you make a wish, it's actually a request. You want to be like your dad, let me make that happen. You don't like guys looking at you funny because you're only 14. Let me make you... Let me disguise your body and make it unattractive. And so many things that we do, we are making them real. And the thing about aging is it's impossible to predict aging. You know, if you were a runner every day and you were 30, say you were a runner and you were 40, but you ran every day, your heart and lungs would be 25, but your skin, if you ran in the sun, would be 55. So you're 40 biologically, but your organs are aging on their own titles. We have a biological age which is the age of our organs, a chronological age, which our birth certificate says I'm that age. And then we have the age we feel, the best age, the cycle. I feel when I'm dancing around the kitchen with my husband, playing with my little kid, being silly, I feel young. When I'm stressed out of my mind, sitting on the freeway, I feel 102. <laughs> but you see, the thing that affects your biological age is your psychological age. The people like Goldie Horn who giggle and laugh and are very, very girly tend to age incredibly well. And in fact, the Stones, who should have aged very badly because they drank a lot, partied a lot, were always on planes, stayed up late, actually have aged incredibly well despite the drugs and drinking. But why is that? Because they're doing something young. They're on stage. We're hearing a song, I want to move like Mick Jagger. He's 77. That's but isn't that amazing? I want the moves like Jagger because he's not 77. He's still in our mind, this agile, sexy rock god. And both Goldie Horn and Mick Jagger and Little Richard and many people, they leave clues. They act like they're young. They have a young career. And it's very much the same thing with painters and musicians, because one of the things that never ages is the brain. The brain doesn't age. And professors of 85 have the same neurons as professors of 35, because they're always using their mind. And the mind doesn't age until you stop using it. There's a great expression I wrote about this is when hope dies, old age runs to meet you. And that very word retiring, I mean, I will never, ever, ever retire. I love what I do. I do what I love. I can't imagine waking up and think, what should I do today? And that's the problem with, with um, a lot of times when we retire, we stop doing stuff. And one of the things the brain loves to be young is new. There's something called neurobics. That means pick up your pencil with the wrong hand, clean your teeth with the wrong hand, comb your hair with the wrong hand, reach for your phone with the wrong hand, because new keeps your brain young. And what is youth? Youth is flexibility. And flexibility is youth to have a flexible mind, a flexible body, a flexible attitude, because that never, ever, ever ages. So if you were going to um, use that information in a practical way. Uh, you've given some great examples there uh, around neuroplasticity by doing things in a new way, experiencing yeah. new things. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some other tips that you can share with us on that? Um, I won't call it a trick, but but that flip of the switch in the mind that's going to tell your mind um, that you are young and youthful and flexible, as you said. Okay. So the first thing is what I call lie, cheat, and steal. Lie to your mind, cheat aging, steal back flexibility. So how do you lie to your mind? You say, you know, I, it's like that Frank Sinatra, you make me feel so young. You make me feel like spring has sprung. So you start to use very unaging language. I feel great. I feel alive. I feel wonderful. I feel amazing. How are you? Amazing. Hey, I'm fantastic. Never, oh, I'm all right, a bit tired, a bit stressed, not bad. You have to use kind of vibrant language. 
you know, I wrote in my book, because this is a new version of the book that you talked about, how the fact that uh, a university invited people to come in to a room, people off the street, and in the room were lots of words, fragile, delicate, um, antique, uh, transparent, like paper, all these words, um, super fragile, be very careful, gingerly. And they all the and people when they left, they noticed they were walking like really carefully and very slowly, like they were fragile. And that was it. And then they invited another group in the same age and they put up words like vibrant, passionate, full of joy, bursting with happiness. And they said they practically sprang out of the room. And all they did was each read a different set of words. One was very careful. You could break your hip. And the other was you're a spring lamb and bounce out of here and have a great life. But they didn't tell them to do that. But the words told them to do that. And that's what's so fascinating. And I know you know about Ellen, La- Ellen Langer's um, yes. work where in the 80s, she took a group of very old people to a, a, a closed retreat. It was closed because when you went in, everything was designed to be from the 60s, the furniture, the bed linen, even the TV shows, everything was from the 60s. They wore a picture of themselves in the 60s. And they immediately stopped saying, well, you see, I'm 85. I can't do it. They all had to pretend they were 60. One of them was a very famous dancer. And he said, you know, what was so amazing is I forgot I was 80. I slipped back into a world 30 years earlier. I really thought I was 30 years young. I began tap dancing again. But what was so amazing about Ellen Langer's study is that they measured their finger length, their grip, their eyesight, Everything they did, all these tests, and what was so incredible is they all reversed their age by seven years, seven, ten years in seven days. In seven days, they reversed their age. It's always just a holiday. So to make sure that wasn't true, they invited another group of the same age and the same retreat, but it wasn't no longer closed. It was 1980s, and they reversed their age by about um, 30 months because they're on holiday, but not 10 years in seven days. And that test was repeated by the BBC, who had a woman in it called Sylvia Sims. Said, I threw my sticks away. I said, I'm not walking like this anymore. And she now goes around visiting older people, teaching them, don't use that language. Don't sit in front of the TV going like that. You know, celebrate your life. Every stage is amazing. So Ellen Langer showed us that what you expect about aging is what you'll, you begin to make real. And there are lots of people rollerblading at 80. There are lots of people still designing and creating and performing, still singing in this. Who was I listening to the other day? I thought, wow, her voice. I can't remember it was some amazing singer. And her voice hadn't appeared to change. Isn't it Tony Bennett? Oh, yes, yes. Still performing in his 90s. And even though he's got a little bit of degenerative illnesses, when he steps on stage, he forgets everything. He remembers the words to all those songs. There was some recently showing you a very old lady in 98. When they played ballet, she began to do all the moves because they were still wired into her mind. So my tip would be choose how you're going to age. You can choose. How do you choose? Choose never to use aging language. I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. Um, choose to be vibrant in your language, choose to do young things, play music. You know, I was paddleboarding up the canal the day to Wycliffe, Sean, with my daughter thinking, you know, my mother couldn't even conceived of doing this, getting on a paddleboard, listening to a rapper and going up and down the canals in Venice. Mm. It just wouldn't have existed for her. When I was on the back of a motorbike with my husband going around Bali, I thought my mother at my age would never have done this, but here I am. And lots of my daughter's friends and my friends, we stayed with them in Bali who were, actually they could have been our children. And they said, wow, you're, you're so young at heart. Bye-bye. Sorry about that. Just cut that bit. <laughs> they said, thank you so much, by the way. Bye. And so people who hang out with me and my husband say, gosh, you're young. You're funny. And that's another thing. If you want to age well, laugh a lot. You see, when you laugh, when you giggle, when you dance around the kitchen, when you go and do a bit of a workout, if you're doing something young, you say, you know, I play with my grandchildren. I feel so young and silly and 
people said I had a baby at 45 and they've kept me young because I'm going to the playground and singing the wheels on the bus go round and round. Yeah. But yeah. anything that is young that you incorporate into your life will make you feel young. And I think it's a great time when people start to play music from the past, only watch age appropriate stuff. You know, you should really keep up to date with what's going on in the world. You should watch things that are not of your generation. And I think that's really important to do that. It's so important to do younger things because again, the way you feel your psychological age is the one thing that can reduce your biological age and you want to reduce your biological age. So many people say, I'm going to have a facelift and I'm going to look young. But I was recently, so my mother doctor said, you know, you see, I give people faces. They can't even get up the stairs. They, they've got an amazing young face, but they, they're not active. And if I had to choose, I'd rather have an older face and a younger body. What's the point of having a young face if I can't get around? For me, it's the, the two things of aging that matter the most are flexible. Can I leap out of bed? Can I go down the stairs? Can I get on my paddleboard? Can I get on a horse? Can I walk down to the beach and maybe do some skating? That's more important. But the real bit is how is my mind aging? Can I remember stuff? Have I got, am I as sharp as a tack? Have I got a great memory? Am I able to join in a conversation? With some of these youth markers that you've spoken about, which I think are really important, I get so many questions on how do I improve my memory? How do I improve my mental agility? Mm. you know, I feel like I have brain fog. How do yeah. I move past that? Um, okay. Are there some scripts oh, yeah. or uh, techniques that you would recommend for that? And then we can move on to the physical yeah. as well. So, so in here, there's a lot of scripts, what I call changing your cell by day, S-C-E-L. But if you want to have a younger mind, you, you've got to do something different. So if you do a crossword every day, you must start to do it on an iPad or on a laptop. Don't do it in the paper. If you do Sudoku, stop doing it. Do it on an iPad and then switch it up and do it on a computer. Then go back to the paper. You know, do new things. If you're learning to play, I don't know, chess, start to play Draft, but do new things all the time. Sewing is actually great because it's a hand-eye coordination. Ping pong is the most anti-aging activity you could ever engage in. You're always thinking about where the ball is. It doesn't require you to run up and down like tennis or squash. But ping pong has been proven to be the most anti-aging activity. Really? There. Yeah. Oh, and how hard is that? You know, <laughs> you can play ping pong across your kitchen island. You don't have to even have a ping pong table. We were going to buy one, but it's like, where are we going to keep it? We're going to get, but we can just do it on our dining room doors. So ping pong is amazing. So change the way you think. Do not allow any aging words into vocabulary. Of course, you'll slip up. Just correct it. Get involved in like ping pong, Sudoku, any new brain training game. Keep, you know, challenging yourself. Don't think, oh, I need to write that number. And I go, I remember the number. I need to write it down. I have an outstanding memory. If you say every day, my memory is amazing, dependable. I don't even need to write that number. And I remember you will actually remember. So you're kind of training yourself to have a sharp memory, training yourself. You might say deluding yourself. Yeah, delude yourself. Say I have an amazing memory because the mind doesn't know. But this is the lie, steal, cheat. (laughs) Lie, cheat and steal. Yeah, because if I said to you now, let's do something now. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Put your hand in front of your mouth. And tell yourself you're about to eat a big, fat, juicy lemon. Squeeze that lemon and breathe in that wonderful, gorgeous, citrusy, lemony smell. And now I'm look salivating, at yeah. I know, I know <laughs> me too. And now open your mouth and shove that lemon in your mouth. Use your hand and push that lemon in and start chewing it, biting it. I want you to suck the juice out of every segment of the lemon. Suck it. Swirl it around your mouth, bite that lemon flesh until your taste buds pucker and <laughs> swell and pump out saliva and open your mouth, open your eyes. And here's a question. Did you start to make saliva? Immediately. Here's another question. Was there a lemon? The answer could only be yes no. or no. Was there a lemon? No, no lemon. 
well, you're right, but you're also not right because there was no lemon, but actually there was a lemon. Where was the lemon? In my mind. In your mind. Your mind didn't go, come on, there's no lemon. You knew there was no lemon. You even said there was no lemon. But your mind bypassed what, <clears throat> what you said. <clears throat> Excuse me. One minute. Your mind bypassed you and said, there's a lemon. It's very acidic for teeth. Let me wash away that acid. And so that's the beauty of the mind. It bypasses us. If you say I'm young, I'm young, I'm forever young. And I sing these songs to myself about young, young at heart. I'm bypassing the critical factor. It's going straight in to my neural circuits. Now I believe I'm young because I believe I'm young. I'm feeling younger, I'm giggling more, I'm laughing, or I'm doing silly things more. And I'm feeling young. And as I feel young, I'm becoming young. And I promise you, if I feel old, I'm becoming older. So it's all about what do you feel? What are you doing? What are you saying? So we've, we've con conquered some of the internal conversation, which I think is definitely um transformative and I've seen it in other people I've seen it in myself um, and it's a really easy technique to incorporate into your life what about uh, the physical markers of aging for example um, your skin quality your organ health um, physical, yes physical transformation is there a mind-body connection that we can tap into to support our physical transformation well, your organs, of course, um, can be 15 years younger than you. If you if you're someone who meditates, who exercises, who's not in the glaring sun and who practice and who looks after their skin and drinks water, you will have organs that are 15 years younger than you are. And if you're someone who's stressed, who drinks a lot, who smokes a lot, who's in the sun, you will have organs that are 15 years younger. And the skin is a good marker. You know, if you were in a country where you were covered head to foot with a veil and no sun ever got on your skin, you'd have incredibly young skin. If you were someone who worked out every day and drank a lot of water and juice, someone if we look at like Gwyneth Paltrow, they think, wow, her skin's amazing because she does have a team of chefs and cooks and people who do that for her. But you have a lot of power to change how you age. And some of the most common things you drink water, start your body is 90% water, start with water, end with water. If you love coffee in the morning, make yourself have water first, have more water-based food, start to have more soups, more salads. So if water. you're someone who's resistant to incorporating these things, can you use rapid transformational therapy to make yourself want yeah. it, to crave well, health. One of the ways to do it is to use the magic words. I have chosen this and I've chosen to feel great about it. I've chosen to drink water, to love water. After all, if you give your body water, I'm just drinking some water now. If you give your body water every day, the more you give it water, the more it asks for water. The more you give it wine, the more it asks for wine. The more you give it coffee and cream and sweeteners, the more it asks for that. So whenever you want to change anything, here's how it works. It's like a ladder. First, you have a thought, and then you have a feeling, then you have an action and a behavior. And if you think, okay, I hate water, so boring, but I'm going to drink it anyway. You're trying to start with a behavior when you need to start with a thought. I love water. Not only water, you have to love sleep. So you need to hydrate, sleep better. You need to eat better. There's it's true that you can't live on a diet of potato chips and Pop-Tarts and burgers and fries and have great skin. You know, what you, you got to put good stuff in. You got to have fruit and vegetables and real food. And then also you need to care for your skin. Use sunblock. I mean, I, I'm on the fence with sunblock because it's so full of chemicals now. So I prefer hats. I always keep my face out of the sun. I don't use creams. I just use oil because every oil every cream starts off as an oil and then it's it's altered so I'm quite good about I don't want to eat stuff that's in a packet I don't want to put stuff on my face that's full of parabens I don't even use shampoo anymore I just wash my hair with water you were Forget saying that. it's something that is it really interesting and you're talking about it now the choice I choose and yeah. I learned that from you I think it was in in your course it was mm. one of the modules and mm. whenever I'm feeling 
say, for example, blue about something that has transpired, I go back to that language and I didn't realize I could use it in this context. Can you explain um, that flick that happens in your mind when you frame it as a choice? When you let's imagine you, you want to eat better, you want to stop having cakes in the afternoon, you want to stop having cereal for breakfast and donuts because it's just rubbish. And you're now going to start juicing in the morning or having a smoothie or having... Or the water example, as you were saying. Yeah, avocado or water. So the first thing you have to do is go, I'm choosing this. I'm choosing to start my day with water and I'm choosing to feel great about it. Because when you say the words, I'm choosing this, you say to your mind, hey, I have a choice and I'm making the right choice. When you say, oh, I don't want to drink water. This juicing is so it takes so long and I hate washing the juicer and this is all, it's not the same. So you have to direct your mind. You see, when you say I don't really want to do that, there's the dessert, there's a couple of berries and there's a cheesecake. And I'm, I want the cheesecake, but I'm going to eat the berries. I want the cheesecake and the pizza. I'm going to have the berries and the salad. Because you've said I want it, but I can't have it. The resistance to having the berries and I would go up and up and up. So you eat the berries and then have the cheesecake anyway. <laughs> when you say, I am choosing this and I'm choosing to feel great about it, you've told your mind, hey, you've got a choice. You're making a choice. You must want this. So if it's the same if you go to the gym and go, I hate the gym. Oh my God, these crunches are awful. I'm my, my legs are on fire. I hate this. What you have to say is I'm choosing to work out. I'm choosing to love it. And by the way, my body loves these crunches. My legs love these lunges because you're giving your mind a different direction. It's like, hey, here's two paths on the highway, that one and that one. And I want to go on that one, but I keep going on that one because I'm confusing my mind. This mind says, I don't want to eat all that rabbit food. And this one says, I do. I want to live on salads. But I'm, I'm now in two lanes. I want to live on salads, but I hate rabbit food. I want to eat berries instead of cake. Oh, my God, I love cake and birthday cake and chocolate cake. Decide which lane you're going into because you can't go in both of them. And I'm going in this lane. And what's going to keep me in it is my language. I'm choosing everything. You know, I was watching... I was watching Ricky, v- v- Ricky Gervais's series Afterlife. I love it. And I thought, oh, I really want to watch more episodes. But... I'm giving a masterclass at seven o'clock in the morning and I'm really going to choose to go to bed now and watch this later because I'm choosing to be alert and bright on camera for this master. I don't want to wake up having had four hours sleep and not looking bright. So I have to say, I'm choosing this. I'm choosing to do this. Yesterday, my husband called. I was just watching something. So can you go and get me something from the pharmacist? I really want to watch the end of this show, but if I don't go now, it'll be dark. And I'm choosing to drive in the light because I don't love driving in the dark anymore. So I'm always using it. I'm choosing, choosing, choosing. Can you use this technique with, um, you know, more serious addictions like a food addiction or an alcohol or smoking addiction because they're all terribly aging. And, you know, when we're on this ageless kind of journey, those are some of the things that we want to reverse, undo, reframe. Can, you can use the choosing for anything. Even I was driving home with my husband and he was getting cross about something. I thought, you know what? If I choose not to answer him, I'm just go, yeah, 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 mm, yeah, I get that. I'm now choosing not to have an argument. So I thought, oh, this is so cool. I could go, well, actually, I don't agree. But I thought, hey, I can choose not to respond. Just go, mm, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I've done is I've chosen to shut it down because I didn't choose to join in. Because you can put energy into something or take the energy out of something. So I don't want to put energy into that. I want to take the energy out. When I work with addicts, and I've worked with thousands, I've never met an addict in my entire life ever who felt they were enough. And so with many addicts who will tell you, you know, I went to treatment and they said I was trying to kill myself. But the truth is I was trying to keep myself alive. In fact, my new book, which I love, Tell Yourself a Better Lie, a bit like Light, Eat and Steal. There's a case history of an addict who said, you know, I didn't realize until I worked with you that drinking was to stop me killing myself. I just had to be numb. I had to be numb. I had to cope with an awful situation and, and drinking. 
It wasn't what's wrong with it. It's what's right with it. What am I getting out of it? I'm getting out of it numbness. I'm chilled out. I don't care. I'm relaxed because I'm drunk. And so then you think, oh, I see. So you chose not to feel. Yeah, I chose not to feel. But I think, is it Pink Floyd who said comfortably numb? Yeah. The dream is done and now I'm comfortably numb. But then you think, oh, I see. So the addiction gave me something. I was actually choosing to put that needle in my arm, choosing to smoke that spliff, choosing to go gambling, because it isn't what it I is what I got. I was empty inside, and, and most addictions are to fill an fill an emptiness of what we didn't get in our childhood. And eating is absolutely up there. Because if you think of the words empty, full, hungry, starved, they're emotional. I'm empty since my parents died. I'm I'm full of rage. I'm sex starved. I'm nourished by the love of my pets. But these, I'm not talking about food, but I'm using words, hungry, starved, emotional, full, empty. And so it, again, it goes back to our language. You know, if you, if you are an addict and addicted to anything, then just go back and look at what do I get from it? What is it hiding? What is it giving me? And what is it about me that makes me feel so not enough that I need more? Because here's the thing. If you think you are not enough, you will always need more of something. But when you know you're enough, you don't need anything. I don't need more shoes and cake. I can have a little piece of cake, a couple of fries. I can have a handful of potato chips, but I don't need the whole bag. Because if I'm enough, I don't need more. And so it's really getting people to understand that we have so much power to tune into, it's not what you eat, it's what's eating you. And when you can discover what that is and change it, then your life becomes extraordinary. Marissa, I'm interested in the title of the new book uh, in the context of spirituality. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, the, a raging debate about um, toxic positivity mm-hmm. and um, oh, yeah. And uh, affirmations and manifestations. Uh, where where does this sit on the continuum of that? Because, um, you know, I guess part of uh, the concept of doing regular affirmations is to lie still and cheat, right? Yeah. To tell yourself a better lie. Yeah. I think we should all lie, cheat, and steal more than we do. But the thing is, we have to lie, cheat, and steal in a better way. So here's the lie. I just drove to the store, the traffic was hell. And then, oh my God, it was a nightmare in there. Lining up to buy groceries was torture and it drove me crazy. Now, is any of that real? Was the line in the store torture? Did it drive you crazy? Was the traffic hell? Were you dying on the food? Of course you weren't, but you know, we use these crazy things. My kids are killing me. My partner is driving me mad. My boss is hell. My job is a nightmare. Now we all know this isn't true. And so we think, okay, I'm lying to myself. Well, if I'm going to do that, how about a better lie? My boss is difficult, but you know what? I got amazing skills and I just see him as a challenge. My kid is a challenge, but hey, I can't get them out of my bed in 15 years. I love being in someone else's bed. I won't even know where they are. So this is not going to last. My husband does leave all his pants all over the floor, but you know what? I could just pick them up. Life's too short. And my problem of husband who leaves his underpants over someone else's fantasy dream country. My husband has a very rare skill. He can take one tea bag and cover the whole surface of the kitchen in it and, and leave all drips on the edge of the sink. It's extraordinary. But I think, you know what? I could spend hours going, oh, my God, the tea bag, this is so annoying. Why couldn't you put them in a cup, in a dish? I left you some paper cups I'd put them in. I could just say, you know what, who cares? It takes a minute to wipe that stuff up. And my husband is someone else's fantasy dream come true because he's kind. He's funny. He puts me first. So, again, it is a choice. I could choose to go mental about the tea bags. And there's a word, mental. I'm going crazy. I'm going insane. About the, or I could think- As you're speaking, I'm, I'm really thinking about all the ways that we use language, powerful yeah. language, and we're hypnotizing yeah. ourselves. Yeah, I was on a plane flying to Dubai, I think, and this woman got up and she actually screamed really loudly, disaster. 
everybody went, what? and she said, my movie didn't pause when I went to the bathroom. They're like, pardon? <laughs> it's like, you just screamed disaster on a packed flight. She got really upset. And it was all because her movie hadn't paused. It's like, okay, well, let's rewind it. It's going to take a couple of minutes. It's not really a disaster. It's, it's mildly inconvenient, slightly annoying, a little bit maddening, but it is not a disaster. And that's the problem when you use these powerful words to describe everyday events. When you say, this is hell, what a nightmare. Oh my God, I lost my mind at the weekend. My neighbors are driving me crazy. Because the words shape your reality, you be, you become what you're describing. Your neighbors are not driving you crazy. Hell is not having any money to go to a store to buy any food, to not have anyone to have food with you. Your kids aren't hell. They'll, they'll be gone soon and you're spending, oh, I wish they were still here. I miss them so much. So it really is about reframing. And it all comes back again to choosing, choosing, choosing. Every day you wake up. Do you get to change yourself twice every single day, every single hour? You get to change what you're doing and how you're describing it. And that's such a gift that every day, every minute, we're offered the chance to change twice. I can change how I talk about things and I can change how I feel. So my daughter came to stay with me um, about a month ago. We had the best time. And when she was, I was like, oh, I'm so sad. Because she's, mommy, I'm so sad. I said, but you know what, darling, isn't it great? We love each other so much that we're sad. Someone's going, I can't wait for them to go. It's been awful. Mm. Someone's going, oh, my mom's driving me mad. I'm so glad I'm leaving. But you and me, we're so bonded and we love each other so much that we're sad. But that's a good thing. And then when she left, I thought I'd be really sad. But actually, I wasn't. I'd just gone with my life. It was absolutely fine. Do you think that we can use pre-programmed words like affirmations um, in addition to changing our language to supercharge the direction that we want? I think people are very confused about affirmations, and I can see why, because they think, okay, I'm going to affirm something. And here's an affirmation I don't do. Every day, in every way, my life is getting Better and better, but better and better at what? You know, and, and if you want to give an affirmation, you only have to understand a few things about the mind. You have to use pictures that that make sense. You have to use words that are vivid and powerful and compelling and excite your imagination. And it has to be in the present tense. So you could say, "I'm giving a talk, and it's all right. It's all right. It's I'm going to sing that song. All right." Or right everything's going to be all right and I'm going to give my talk or you could say when I give that I walk on stage and I'm so compelling every word is in my mind it trips out of my mouth I make eye contact I love it it's I can hear the audience giving me a standing ovation it's amazing and you see the second one excites your imagination more than the first I'm going to go on a date it's going to be quite nice and yeah, it's going to be lovely. I'm affirming this date is lovely, lovely, lovely. Or I could just go, wow, when I meet this person today, they, they fall in love with my very soul and they think I'm compelling and engaging and I feel the same about them. And it's so amazing. The stars align and boom, that's it. We found each other and we're growing an amazing relationship forever. Is that likely? I don't know. But if you say it enough, probably so when and you so, gave the example of the one you would never say. Never say. It, it's the lack of specificity that you. Yeah, it's not clear. Yeah. It's not clear. So if I say to someone, what do you want? They go, more money. Well, I've got $10 in my bag. I want attention. What for? You can get attention for having nervous gas, but I'm sure that's not what you want attention <laughs> for. So you, you have to be very, very specific with the mind and you have to use relevant up-to-date, exciting words. So in the context of rejuvenation, reversing aging, installing good, healthy practices, can you give us an example of something that you would do uh, on a daily basis? So I would say I'm young, I'm vibrant, I think young thoughts, I'm forever young, my mind is ageless, my mind is flexible, flexible is young, young is flexible, and I feel young. I feel young. And I would just look back and think, wow, I wasn't even thrilled when I was 25. I was at university. It was quite hard. 
I have a much better life now. I can do whatever I like. I can wake up when I like, buy what I like, eat what I like. When I was at college, I had a horrible flat I shared. It had mice in it. It wasn't amazing. It was in Newcastle, which is freezing cold in the winter. And now I live in LA. I don't have any mice. I don't need heating ever. And so it's about thinking, gosh, I love my life now. And every day when I wake up, the first thing I say is I love my life. I love my life. And I think it's that's a choice. So many things we do are a choice. You know, I'm just about to do this whole membership for people to not go on a diet. And one of the things I'm going to give them is a little bag badge that says choosing, choosing. And they think, yeah, I'm choosing. So speaking of badges, I wear one of your little badges. Yeah, I bought this at your yeah. seminar. It says, I am enough. I'm enough. Oh, me snap. Too. Yeah. And I, I bought it. one for Lily, my daughter. We have it written on the mirrors. Me too. I have it all over my house. And so, I'm, yeah, and, and I, that's a message, isn't it? I'm enough. But the choosing, these little bands are going to give people who join my weight loss membership, because every day I think I'm choosing to take the sugar out of my coffee. I'm choosing to, I'm choosing to increase my resting metabolic rate, because you can do that with a powerful. A lot of people say, you know, diets are terrible because every time you diet, you're metabolic rate goes down you can't get it up again but you can just like you thought of the lemon and mm. made pumped out saliva if you think about your resting metabolic rate going up every thought you think the body begins to make real that's why people who said you know i know i'm going to get cold it's cold season my mum used to do that oh well you know my grandchildren have i cold agree get one i never ever ever get cold i can lie next to my husband's stream with it. i just don't get them mm. because and i believe because i believe that my body is a wellness making machine and it knows how to fight viruses and infections certainly a cold virus and i believe i if always you're say with the pandemic, I don't, I mean, you guys have had the worst of it, but everyone says, oh, we're all going to get it. And I think, well, actually millions of people are not going to get it. So yeah, why not me? Work, even people who work in hospitals haven't got it. And I'm not going to go one way or other with COVID, except how interesting that we had an epidemic and people said, I love it. You know, I'm at home with my kids. I'm cooking again. I'm working out. I'm really enjoying not having to commute. to Other people say, I absolutely hate it. I feel like I'm living in North Korea. I'm in a dictatorship. And so it's so interesting that it's not COVID per se. It's what you think about it. We're all going to get it. It's hell. I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky because in the I've traveled all the time. And I've remained incredibly healthy. Maybe that is pure luck, but, and I do take a lot of vitamin D and B and C and zinc. But I also always say my body is a wellness making machine. It only knows how to do wellness, always wellness, only wellness. And you see, we think a thought and then we become the thought. So we might as well think a better thought. That's what lie. Tell a better lie. <laughs> That's what tell a better lie is. You think a thought, I'm going to get COVID. I've heard it can really screw up your mind. My friend had long COVID and has lost their sense of smell forever. I'm terrified. Or my body is a wellness making. It's designed to find a virus and destroy it. It knows what to do. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to be careful and sensible, take my vitamins, wash my hands, wear a mask, but also believe that my body knows how to defeat a virus. And if I believe that and tell it that, that's exactly what it will do. There's a lot of thought, of course, that aging itself is a disease because it's the breakdown of your cells and um, mm -hmm. so you can yeah. approach it with the same mentality. I'd like to ask you, um, I, I used to import skincare and cosmetic brands into Australia years ago and there was a brand that I used to bring in from the Netherlands and they had a really high-end skincare brand but they also had a surgical clinic. And one of the things that they did prior to surgery, anyone who wanted surgery in their clinic, they had to have three sessions with a therapist and hypnotherapist to make sure that their mindset was right before they had treatment. And I'm wondering if you have any tips for what we can do in addition to skincare rituals that we're doing or cosmetic procedures that we're having that 
can also use the power of the mind to supercharge the efficacy. Well, I think if you're going to have a procedure, it's rather like, you know, that's what placebo is. I'm taking a drug. And what I believe that drug to do is going to have more of an effect on my body than the compounds of the drug. So if I believe a drug is a painkiller, we know that when people were were testing the drug to regrow your hair, the people on the dummy drug grew hair too. So what you believe about a drug will affect you more than the drug. The placebo means the physician that lives in you that can dispense any kind of medicine at any time. And then there's a nocebo, which is the negative effects of believing what a drug is. So when you put your cream on or your oils, I use oil, Say that this is nourishing my skin. My skin loves this. My skin is so nourished by this. When you're eating food, go, this is so nourishing. My body is absorbing all the nutrients. When you go to bed, say things like, I feel so great. I'm having eight hours sleep. If you happen to be having any kind of surgery, you might as well say it's going to be a raving success. I'm going to bounce back and it's going to be incredible because whatever you're eating, whatever supplement you're taking, if you believe it's working as you take it, it works better. But if you think well, it's pointless taking all of this, it doesn't really work. You can actually negate as I well love as these tips. anything you're doing. This is such doing. a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Why not? You know, why not do that? You know, that's the choice we have to every time we do something, go, well, this is sensational. I love this oil. My body loves it. Like when I work out, I always say my legs love lunges. My butt loves lunges. My stomach loves crunches. My arms love the plank. I don't love the plank, but my arms like the plank. My core likes the plank. So when I'm doing anything, I always imagine it being even more effective. And that that really helps it to work. When I take my supplements, I don't even know if I'm taking enough vitamin D, but I believe I am. I say, oh, this, I'm taking enough. And I got all these. My husband doesn't take anything. And I'm much healthier than him. I age much better. He says, oh, it's all rubbish. That doesn't work. I said, but how do you know it doesn't work? So I can't buy him stuff. He doesn't take it. He forgets to take it. But I take everything. I mean, I, I think actually when you have like 50 supplements, that's a mistake. So I try never to have more than seven or eight because it becomes work then to take them all. So I buy really good quality ones. I take half in the morning, half at night so that I don't feel, oh, my God, more supplements. And then I just practice a bit of self-care, not a massive amount. You know, everything I do is to make my life easy. If I travel, I just use coconut oil to take my makeup off, more coconut oil to nourish my skin. And I eat a lot of nuts and seeds, drink water. I love going to sleep. So, Do you have anyone that you look to? Do you believe in... um you know, uh, looking to others to inspire you? And how do you think that works when you're yeah. creating that imagery? You well, I met, I met Martha Mars. Stewart last year and I thought she was amazing. I thought, God, I, I want to be her. She was 80 years old. She had a pair of leggings, a little shirt. She was hanging out with Snoop Dogg. And I thought, you know, she's really cracked this. She hangs out with Snoop Dogg. She's now putting CBD products in her baked goods because she's really not just keeping up with the kids. She's almost ahead of them. And I thought that she was a great role model because she looked so good. And I meet people every day like that, that just look good. They have a young, flexible attitude. And people who age well leave clues everywhere they go. You know, I love Judy Dench. I think she's amazing. I so love do you Helen think that Aaron. it's worth worthwhile looking for these clues and incorporating them Mm. yeah look for people look at someone like Helen Mirren look at people who age well but that's not a job for her I'm sure she doesn't stress about it she loves her life who was I watching the other day Mm, I love this girl Leslie Manville she's a great actress in a show called mum and she was saying oh I've got so much energy she said you know I flew to the Oscars I was on in a play and the in London. And I literally got on a plane at midnight, flew to America, got my Oscar, flew back and went straight on the show. I've got so she's 61. She goes, I've got loads of energy. It was amazing. And so there are a lot of people you'll see, Jane Fonda is another, who do leave clues, who are aging incredibly well. And why not think, well, I'm going to think what they think. It isn't really about how much staff you've got to juice your salary. It's about <laughs> how much joy you've got in life and what makes you happy. 
You have taught us so many things. I I just want to tell you the incredible difference you've made to my life and how many of your principles I use on a daily basis. But today I've learned even more. Uh, If you were to advise whoever's listening to this or watching the YouTube on this, two things that they can do straight away to up-level their ageless journey, what would you suggest they do? I would say every day wake up and say, I'm choosing how today is going to be. I'm going to choose what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do. If I think about it for a minute, I can affirm it. I can start to embody it because I can choose to change every day the way I feel, the way I act. So the first thing is wake up with that, hey, I'm choosing. I'm going to choose. Just take a minute to think today what I'm going to eat for breakfast, I'm going to eat for lunch. Am I going to take the stairs instead of the lift? Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, go out in the park in my break and just do some breathing. Am I going to choose to be a little more patient with my kids? Because when you wake up and go, I'm choosing it, And I have the joy, the privilege of changing twice every minute of every day. And the second thing I would say is actually, would I say read this book? Because it's one of the chapters is called RTT for me. Everything you said that I'm helping you do today is in this book. It's like a Bible of what you can do, the techniques I use with my own clients. You can use them at home. And all of my techniques, what I love the most is they're usually very simple, very easy. Yeah, they really are. They have profound. Was my husband bought this diary? He had to write in it every day a hundred goals, a hundred goals. He said, "Oh, I can't do this. It's taking hours of my time." Mm-hmm. I was just sent an app to look at, and it was there uh, because I'm bringing out my Diet Free Life membership. Someone sent me a competitor's thing, and every day you had to log every single thing you ate, and then log the calories. And I said, "Oh my God, I wouldn't even do that for two days." i got to log every single thing and now go in the app and find out how many calories are in a banana or an avocado and all my drinks and snacks, send it back. Well, I'm not doing any of that because it's work. If you've got a job, a home, a partner, a kid, a cat, a dog, but you've got enough work. We've all got enough work. So I like things that take five minutes or two minutes or one minute. I'm enough. I'm choosing what to put into my body and I'm choosing to feel great. These things are not work and they may be simple, but their effects are profound. Just because something you do is simple, that doesn't mean the effects can't be powerful and profound and incredible because they really are. Well, uh, I can once again only say that I have put into practice everything that I've learned from you, I would say over the past six years. And you have been with me in my head at some of the lowest lows and definitely on the way up to the highest highs. And I want to thank you so much for sharing some of the insights into your rapid transformational technique. I also want to tell people if they're interested, you actually even train people to become Yeah, I've trained 11,000 people in Australia, in Sydney, in Melbourne, in New York, in Miami. And I saw one of your therapists, uh, my friend. uh, I can't remember her now. I'll tell you, she was absolutely wonderful and she retired. But my friend and I went to her and she recorded us um, individually, our own um, hypnosis using the Mm -hmm. rapid transformational therapy. So I went on your website to try to find a Marissa Pierre in Australia. But well, she we've got written. some amazing, we've got some amazing, amazing therapists in Australia. Really incredible, particularly in Sydney. So if you ever want someone, let me know and I'll put you on to someone amazing. So yeah, we've trained 11,000 people all over the world, men, women, every age, every profession. And they all say that they love it because it's a job where you make people feel good about themselves. It's a job where you have meaning and purpose and connection and significance. And we're going to New York. I'm in New York in a month doing my first New York training for two years. So this year we're training in Amsterdam. We're training in Berlin. We're training in New York. Australia's just open. So we'll be there by the end of this year, I well, think. I can't wait to welcome yeah. you. I can't wait. I know. I love Australia. I'll be, I'll be at the so airport much. for you. <laughs> oh, I, I have to say I love Sydney If I mean I love LA but Sydney's got everything LA has it's just a little bit too far but it is an amazing place so yeah I mean I just feel so lucky that I get to get on a plane 
I mean, we're, we're entering this amazing place and you're, all my staff are coming out, my daughter, my sister, and we're all going to have a hangout for a whole week together and teach this amazing course. And I always feel so lucky because I do what I love and I certainly love what I do. And if you do what you love and you love it, you don't, you know, my father was an eminent teacher. He loved what he did so much. It was never like work. And they do say, if you love what you do, you really don't feel like you've ever worked a day in your entire life. And I know for me, having been a therapist for all my adult life and trained 11,000 therapists and counting, I never feel like it's been work. It's been a joy and a delight and an honor. I'm going to put all the links to your books, to your courses, to your website and your YouTube channel at the end of this podcast episode. When's it coming out, by the way? Um, it will probably come out in um, six weeks by the time it's okay. edited. Okay, uh, cool. And I will share it with you as well. But once again, I just want to thank you so much for having kept me forever young and for making my daughter and I feel all the time that we are enough. We are more than enough. We've always been enough. And uh, for bringing so much joy and wisdom to everyone who tunes in to your messaging. Thank you so much, Marissa Pia. What an honor. Thank you too. Thanks for having me on. Sending you lots of love. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that. 